You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. I wanted to take some time and explain what I'm doing here and how all of this is going to work. This is a real-time podcast where I actively conduct interviews as I go. I'm going to do my best to try to keep the story in chronological order, but there may be some one-off episodes as opportunities come up and people feel more comfortable coming forward with information or to be interviewed. I'm going to start with my father's childhood and make my way to today. I will be featuring real stories from real people talking about what we saw, heard, and think happened in relation to Alyssa. Our conversations are casual, unscripted, and mostly off the cuff. This is an open dialogue about Alyssa and what happened to her. But for those of you not familiar with the story, I want to give you a brief overview of why I'm here today even recording this thing. My sister, Alyssa Turney, went missing from Phoenix, Arizona in 2001. It was the last day of her junior year in high school. She was 17 and I was 12. The case wasn't investigated until many years later when a convicted killer falsely confessed to killing Alyssa. After ruling out this confession, the police finally began to investigate Alyssa's case around 2008. Quickly, the police identified their only suspect, our father. Eventually, the police obtained a warrant to search my father's home for evidence of foul play in Alyssa's disappearance, but instead they found 26 pipe bombs in addition to a large collection of guns and illegal silencers. They also found a document written by my father called The Diary of a Madman Martyr where he outlined his plan to use these bombs and weapons to commit an act of domestic terrorism. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. The police used this time to build their case and planned to prosecute my father for Alyssa's murder when he was released from his 10-year sentence. But then, they didn't prosecute at all, and they told me that my best chance was to get media exposure. And that's where I'm at. 
in desperate need of my voice to be loud enough to get her justice. I have been so fortunate to have the opportunity to tell Alyssa's story on so many platforms and for it to have been analyzed by so many amazing people. But after hearing her story so many times from so many other people, I decided it was time to try it myself. So from start to finish, in excruciating detail, while I conduct my own version of an investigation, I will be telling Alyssa's story. But before I dig into the story, I'd like to stay in the present for just a moment and let you hear my most recent conversation with my and Alyssa's father. Before you come for me, I want to be upfront and acknowledge that I know that I'm being manipulative and unkind to my father in this call. Unlike the first time we spoke, I was not prepared for this at all. I get very emotional and I get very bratty. I also want to state that I do not take mental illness lightly and I do not mean to offend anyone by what I say to my father. And I want to warn you that there is a lot of cursing and that the content is obviously of mature nature as we discuss death and sexual abuse. I've also removed some names. But without further delay, here's the most recent call with my father. Hello. Hey, it's Sarah. Okay. I said, hey, it's Sarah. Sarah? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, goodbye. Is everything all right? Yeah, um, everything's fine. Um, I went to a thing this weekend, and, um, I said I went to a thing this weekend where I was talking about Alyssa, and, um, the producer from 2020 came up to me and asked if we wanted to come back on. Who said this? 2020. Oh. Well, I can't do that. I won't get to see the boys. It's just that, you know, set his mind up to, you know, if I give another public speech. be out of luck for seeing the boy, so I'm not going to do that. And he's the one interview, and he got upset over that. Okay? All right. Well, I thought it All was right. worth asking. All right. All right. Appreciate you keeping touch. I just did we do a little bit. What? I miss her. Loved her. I mean, my whole life is Alyssa, Dad. Like, I have four jobs, and three of them are Alyssa. While the other half, like, totally won't let me do anything, yeah. I mean, it's pretty messed up. Well, they won't let me do anything. They've already said that I can't get any information, so I mean, I guess from you. It's very important to me. I'm trying to unwind all the stuff that happened to me before. But it's not. I mean, if it was important to you, you would do it. I mean, you're you're choosing to stay out of the limelight, which I understand why. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious what happened, and nobody nobody's going to be on your side, and I get it. But don't act like you care about I don't it. Need, I don't need anybody on my side, Sarah. I know what I did, and I know what I didn't do. I know how much energy I spent on stuff. And I've heard all kinds of stuff all throughout the, the years and stuff and junk. But nobody fully understood Alyssa, how she was, the problems she had. You weren't even born the first time we had to take Alyssa to merch. You know, she got under it, and 
don't know. CPS took her, took her, Alyssa away from us. We had to go down and get her back. They also took me away from you guys, too. I mean, you had a few kids taken away from CPS. I mean, it's kind of indicative of behavior. I don't know what to say about that. Either way, I mean, it's just a long, long list of stuff. You know, I had that boys and stuff. They can, they can remember some of the events, you know, the time the neighborhoods go up and look at list and all the other things. You know, they, I mean, just, just see so that they fully understand that, you know, when the Phoenix cops said that Alyssa didn't have any kind of a uh, learning disability. She didn't. She didn't. She had a better memory than I did, and we know it. No, honey, she did. In what, in what capacity? She performed well at school. She performed well at work. That doesn't mean she couldn't function on some stuff there, but she couldn't count her drawer out. All that stuff. I get, it was a statement there from her worker said that. It was her first I mean, you job. You used to help her with her homework. Don't you remember her? Yeah, just because I was semi-advanced doesn't mean that she was stupid. She also just didn't like homework like every other teenager. But, I mean, that's not the point. I mean, I'm just, I, I just wanted to call and see because I know it's going to come up. And, I mean, I'm going to do the update of 2020. I'm going to do everything I can get my hands on, which I've had a lot of really good opportunities from this last weekend. Um, I mean, it's about to hit a new level. But why? I mean, I don't get why it's good to hear my voice. I mean, I've been destroyed by this. Because I love you, Sarah. I'm sorry if you get yourself destroyed by it, Sarah. You don't love me. You would have called me once in the past two years had you loved me. You don't check on me. You don't even want to see your dog. Teddy's in the last stages of his life. Like, you don't care. Sarah, we discussed that. She said you didn't want to talk to me unless I wanted to admit that I did something to Alyssa. That's what she told me at the last meeting we had. Okay, but what do norm- I mean, normal parents do? They don't... Party, you don't think I want to call you, Sarah? The first thing, any time that Rhett called or Mike called or even when I talked to John the last time, close to my birthday and stuff like that, first question I asked her, you heard from Sarah. I always do that, Sarah. But I'm not going to call you and then upset you even worse because you think I did something to Alyssa. I'm not going to do that, Sarah. That's brutal. I mean, you, you need to work this through yourself. And eventually, I hope <laughs> that one day you'll come through and realize, you know, what mistakes I made, sir, was stepping into too big a thing with the union. If I had, if I could get any form of evidence to prove I did something to Alyssa, believe me, I would be pushing as hard as I can. I mean, most I can prove right now is the judge that heard my case was appointed by class. And I got a letter from Bob Stump saying that he was tied to the union problem, and he apologized to me for all the trouble I had with the union. I mean, that's huge. That's as far as I can get. As far as I know what you're doing, I think about Teddy all the time. I think about Barley. But, you know, do I have a right to come in and upset you? Because, you know, I respect that every time you talk to me, Sarah. I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I want to see you be happy, but I don't know what else to do. That's why I asked you those questions, Sarah. I mean, would you be able to get home with your life if I did this and put up and got in the gas chamber or whatever the hell I do to people like that? Would that get you back on track somewhere, Sarah? Because my life's already done, Sarah. If I've got a dozen life, uh, years left. Then if it's know, done, I'd, just come out and say what happened. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, that would get my life back on track. My God, it would be the key to everything. There's, there's nothing to confess to, Sarah. Nothing happened. 
that's what you're, you know, you're not getting it. Uh, then why, why did a neighbor come out and say that you told them Alyssa was on vacation with our aunts in California? A neighbor just recently came out and said that you told them that Alyssa was on vacation and that she would be back. Other people came out and said that she left with a biker, that she was at the movies. There's a million different stories that came from you. So why you're running around telling people different stories after she left is is pretty fucking suspicious. I mean, I don't need to go into everything. You are a very smart man. And you raised me to do what's good. And it's backfiring on you. And it, it is what it is. If I was that smart, I wouldn't have stepped into the union mess that I did. Who cares about the union? I'm not talking about the union. I'm talking about your daughter, who you can't say a kind fucking word about. Nobody talks about their missing kid like you do. All you do is talk about how stupid she was and how sexual she was and all the trouble she, she got in. Nobody talks about their kid like that when they go missing. She was not stupid. What are you saying that for, Sarah? I've never said Alyssa was stupid. Dad, there's a Alyssa video a of you calling her a stupid your, moron. Your mother, your mother and I hired a tutor for her because she couldn't do her ABCs. That she doesn't, do so what? And we didn't hire that for You used to have the receipts, but the stuff you sent me is not in there. Who cares if you hired a tutor? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if she was great in school or she wasn't great at school. That has nothing to do with anything. It has a lot to do with everything, Sarah. Alyssa, as you and she used to fight, Sarah, that she thought I favored each, each one of you different. She thought I favored you because I thought you do whatever you wanted to do because you make good decisions. And you thought that I was favoring her. I didn't favor her, Sarah. Alyssa had to be watched because she made really, really bad decisions. Like smoking pot and, and drinking like I did at the age of, like, 12? I don't remember all those things. So I guess you remember you were a good kid. Dad, you literally kid. knocked on my door and said, towel under the door doesn't work. When I was like 16, don't you remember like coming over and getting pissed that you were letting me smoke weed in the house? I was upset because I let uh, your boyfriend come in there and ask whatever it was and everything. But I was so afraid you were going to run away, Sarah. I was scared to death. And I couldn't handle that. You know, I made a lot of bad decisions a whole bunch of later on was hoping they could get your act together. Okay? So the reason why I got everybody together, including the cops, to go over and get you away from this guy because you just were too young to be running off with somebody like this guy. No, I get it. I was totally wild and out of control, but you went on the podcast and told them that I was lying and that I wasn't out of control. Well, I don't really be out of control. Other than that, that one time with that guy. Other than running away to my boyfriend's out. house when I was 15 years old. You were you just turned sixteen, I believe. You had a valid driver's license. Hey, are you gonna, you know, he and I had the scuffle there because I didn't want him to get the car with you because you know you were talking about running away and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I just, that's the only time that I remember anything that bad at all, sir. I don't remember the rest of the stuff you keep coming up with that you were drunk and doing drugs and everything like that. Now, what? Yeah, I I ignored that. Or the time I mean, when me and walked in the house and you said you guys really want to get fucked up take these and you gave us oxycontin and we threw up all night excuse me a minute the time what me and walked in the house and i'm sure we were drunk or high or something and you said do you guys really want to get fucked up and you handed us each our first oxycontin and we threw up all night oh sorry 
I don't remember that one either, sir. I don't, you know, the only one I remember that had and used drugs on and off, and that's the only one somebody would give them to her. And the guy next door, when we still lived on the elevator drive, he's the one that gave us the bottle, whatever the hell he is. Again, just pot. Nothing, nothing that isn't legal in half the states now. You know what I mean? Like, and you said, like, I remember growing up, and you well, said that you didn't like... so important that you trying to convince people that you were a bad kid. You weren't a bad kid. It's not about me being a bad life. kid. It's about how differently we were treated. Alyssa was, like, demonized for drinking and smoking pot, and it was absolutely nothing to you when I did it. She wasn't demonized for any of that stuff, sir. What happened is the fact that Alyssa would go off the deep end. If you were doing drugs all the time and I just missed it, sir, you didn't act abnormal. You just I didn't have to go get you. I didn't have to do all kinds of stuff. I remember me being up at 4 a.m. and presenting you a poster that me and my friends worked on all night of Elvis? That's not weird? You didn't think that we were on some type of drug that kept us up all night? Are you kidding? I don't know, Sarah. I really don't. I, I, you know, I remember the time where I had to take her boyfriend home because Alyssa got into my, uh, what was it called, Halcyon, that sleeping medication. You know, I just, like, you know. You, you gave me up. your pills my whole life. Like, you gave me, like, triazolam starting in, like, fourth grade when I couldn't. Remember, it was, like, every time I started a new year at school, I took my little bath bomb, and then you gave me a triazolam, and it would help me sleep. Like, I mean, I don't I don't see what the difference is between her getting into your pills and then you just literally giving them to me. Neither do I. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. But it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I mean, again, I'm not, like, we don't need to hash everything out. It's not worth it because we're never going to come to the same spot. I think we both know what it is, but uh, I just had to call and ask because, I mean, if you really want to advocate for Alyssa, then you should do that. That would be really, really great because it's just me alone. And, um, yeah, I don't know what to answer when people say, why doesn't family help you? Because it, it's shitty and it's pretty obvious and I, I, can't, I can't protect everybody forever. Um, nobody protected me, so I don't, I don't really care anymore. Yeah, I mean, this destroyed our family, okay. Dad. You, it destroyed all all six of the children. All six of the children destroyed. I can't talk to any of them. I haven't talked. I haven't talked in in what like almost six months now. I wasn't invited to his kid's birthday party. Do you know how much I cried that day? Neither, sir. That's kind of hard to believe. I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen them a lot more than I have lately. Oh, sir, I can't do that. 
I mean, what about... Sure, I'm not going to run in here with the CNN and her wild-ass story and expect anyone to sit back and raise their hands up and say, gee, glad you're out now. They painted me to be the biggest monster on the planet, and they were wrong. Well, you plan to kill a bunch of people, so, I mean, what do you expect? (sighs) What do I expect? You wouldn't really want to believe it, and they're not going to do anything about it anyway. I'm just trying to straighten out the thing. You know, the, the last one has to do with Alyssa, and I've also wrote letters to the Trump administration and some other people because he seems to want to listen about a few things. See if there's any way in the world I can get somebody's ear to listen. Uh, we need to take care of some stuff and people look at what's said by the uh, various other people about what's going on and the family's life. What do you mean? Sure. Were you there when you testified and told you you remember the house being shot at? Yeah, and I talk about that. that. I talk about that. If you listen, I say you my brothers cash. verify that some of those things happened. I I do not, like, omit facts that make me look better. I bring everything to the table and say that's why it's so confusing, and that's why I was so confused as a child, and that's why it took me so long to understand what really happened. I don't omit any of that. I talk about the good times. People ask about my relationship with you, and I say, I was a daddy's girl. We played music together. We sang together. We did movies. He gave me 7-Up and grilled cheese. He was the best dad I could have ever asked for. I had candy at midnight if I wanted. I could eat McDonald's for dinner every night. Went to school when I wanted to. You were my best friend. I thought you were the freaking coolest. And I don't go on there and say everything was horrible and you abused me, because that's not the fucking truth. I'm not demonizing you. I'm presenting facts, and people come to their own conclusion. I was the last of your six children to think you fucking did this. Like, literally, when I came around, all my brothers were like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, that's what happened. I was the last one, and the one fighting the hardest. But, I mean, you and can have your relationship and pretend like everything's fine. That's, that's you know, your prerogative. A blood means so much to you guys, it's disgusting. Like, honestly, like, the, the pact you guys have is really, really gross. It's the same pact you had with your brother and the same pact you have with your sister. The reason Aunt Norma called me and Alyssa when we were kids and told us that we were fucking killing you, it's disgusting. Like, it just base people off merit, not their fucking blood. You know, that's a concept. I just wish you could somehow get a hold of everything spare and I'm not just totally throw your whole life away. What do you mean, Dad? How are how are I am getting my information from Mike and from Rhett. Rhett went on twenty twenty and said what happened. I'm getting my information from You think he's gonna lie? I don't know if he's ever told a lie in her fucking life. Sure, I talked to Rhett on different occasions. You know, he has never once shared what you said with me. It's on ABC 2020. He didn't share it with me either. I saw his thing on 2020, Sarah. He was so messed up, he couldn't even know who he was. I wonder why. You have to ask yourself something. Why did they suddenly get rid of those two police officers? Okay, sir. Because they cared too much. 
ghost Eric's because they lied. About what? <laughs> about the affidavit to get into the house. I was cooperating. They lied about another You weren't. Thing. If you didn't give DNA, you weren't cooperating. What parent in their right mind with a missing child refuses to give DNA? I wasn't. What's I your wasn't motivation? Why did, why didn't you want to give what, DNA? What did you have to lose if you didn't do it? You and John were down there with me when I offered the DNA, and the woman said, you're not her biological father. That woman detective said that right there. So who cares? So when they I come back it. to you 10 years later, why do you say no? I didn't say no. That's another lie they told, Sarah. I didn't say no to DNA. I told them anytime you want to do this, it's not a problem. And then when they were, uh, what's his name, Anderson said he bought a lie detector test. I said, fine, you take it first. Because someone broke in my house, came through my dog door. Was that you, Anderson, looking for something? Somebody went over my fence and forth to the neighbors. You know, what are you That doing? was my boyfriend and you know it. We talked about that. I don't have a clue what it was, sir, to be honest with you. You know, what I do know is the fact that, you know, a lot of stuff the police officers put in there to get the warrant for the lie. Well, I mean, you said you'd, you'd go on with a polygraph. I will polygraph if you want a polygraph. I will fucking go under any test you want me to if you're willing to talk to me. It's not about you and me, Stephanie. You've already got a bunch of stuff stuck in your head. No, Dad. It's truth, memories. Sir. I'm reconciling myself. In what fucking world did you need that camera in the vent? In what fucking world did any of that happen? That You needed to put all the rules on poster boards on the wall. Like, that's... That's extreme, and it, it's fucking weird, and it's abusive. Like, I mean, I love you. That's all I can tell you. You know, I, I just. Well, you want me to reconcile it, but you won't help me. You're just telling me to fuck off and go figure it out on my own. You won't help me talk through it all. We have, Sarah. When you come and told me what you thought of me, and you, you want to see me go to prison, for, you know, and I'm thinking, my daughter wants me to go to prison? For what? For taking away my only fucking mother and my sister. Because my obsession with your sister so she wouldn't get kicked out of school or go to prison because of her learning disability? If she had ADD that I did diagnose, third grade teacher did that, along with Ken Newman, who was the principal. Well, PV High school, High school thought that her grades were good enough that they gave her an honorary diploma and honored her at her graduation ceremony in May, um, in which I attended alone. So, wonderful family that's so supportive of Alyssa. Really, really Alyssa sweet. Alyssa was going to get her, her diploma regardless, Sarah. Her no, you didn't think so. Her graduating flatness right, Sarah, because they said she would have to pass the end test. And I said, you're not going to do that to her or any of these other kids who have learning disabilities, have them go through four years of school and give them a different color diploma or no diploma because they can't pass an entrance level for a junior college class. You're not going to do that to my daughter. Do you understand? That's what I told them. That was part of the lawsuit, Sarah. And we went ahead and backed down and said, no, this class is not going to have to take this test in order to graduate from high school. You had a million different... Nobody remembers that. But these are things that are on the docket, Sarah. This is in the courts. Yep. This, all, all this stuff is there. The fact that this thing about a list of being tested and being ADD, Sarah, that is there. It is there. Who tested her, Dr. Matson? Because that's what, what? I, that's what I read. What? 
that Dr. Matson was involved in that. And what, declaring her to be learning disabled? Yeah. She had nothing to do about that. Melissa had some growing up things that she wanted to talk to him about, so I went in there just like I let you want to talk about it, and he never discussed what you guys talked about. I find that really hard to believe. I don't. I know Matson when it comes to that. He said, I don't have a problem with your kids. You, know, you want my, uh, me to talk to your children, John, the rest of the stuff, he said, but I'm not going to reveal anything to you unless it might involve that they might hurt themselves or someone else. That's exactly what he said, word for word. Hey, you guys should have been on fire one of those tape recorders. That tipped everybody because I didn't trust anybody. Not when it comes to my kids. Well, I've definitely inherited that from you. I don't trust anybody, and I tape everybody, too. Well, I'm sorry, sir. You know, I'm just listening to you saying things, and you've got so many things wrong, honey. You do. Each time that I talk with you, and this is just like the second time that I've been on a chance to talk to you, honey, it, it doesn't just frustrate me, Sarah. It, it, you know, I feel totally responsible for everything that happened, but it didn't do anything to us other than protect that's what the chief of police obviously saw whenever I wrote that six-page letter, Sarah. He went back, whoever, I think it was a female, whatever it was, they looked at this, they came back and said, you know what, things ain't adding up. And I'll guarantee you they gave those two police officers a lie detector test. And I know for a fact that Anderson couldn't pass the lie detector test. Steve God was standing next to him because he's a lying little bastard. And that's true. He wanted in that house. He didn't care how he got in there. Why did he want in that house that Lissell never lived in? bunch of crap. All it did, Sarah, by 2003, the Phoenix PD, who was reflecting me about getting a list of DNA into the uh, NCIC, what it's called. They didn't want to be great. They didn't want demo records. I'm pushing all this stuff since 2003. Yeah, because you reported her. Well, I mean, I would love to see that documentation because the way that you reported her was not the way that someone with legal law enforcement background would report their daughter to evoke any type of search. You were like, yeah, no, she went to her aunt's house. Like, I'm sure she'll be back. Gonna, she she wanted a car. Discussion about my mental illness, no, you can't blame it on your mental illness. I don't give a shit. If you were well enough to get up and do more pull-ups than I can do to this day in my being 30 years old, I don't care. I spent a lot of time trying to cater to your mental illness, and you cannot use that as a fucking crutch. Because you are smart. You have always been fucking smart, and you know exactly what you did, and you know exactly what you're doing. And you're not going to make me feel sorry for you. You destroyed my life. Sir, I don't want your sympathy. Yes, you do. You want all your kids' sympathy. That's why you're like, oh, I won't be able to see my grandkids. I don't care. The only thing I want from my children is the love. I hope they had retained, but because of CNN and... You think I can even, you think I have a capacity to fucking feel love or to fucking trust anybody? Everything tore apart, Sarah. Everything is torn apart, and it's because of me. Because those two cops came in and decided, no matter what goes on, I'm going to go ahead and work towards my own conclusions and assumptions that this man did this. And then when it all came down the road, we'll look at it, even the FBI was a little bit stand back about what was going on. Believe me, if there was anything close to something like that, Sarah, when the Fed went ahead and sent me 10 years, I'll guarantee that they would pursue it even farther than that. If it was any, they would, but the Fed, you know, there is 
they're the ones that do know for a fact. They're the ones that do know there was a problem with that union and all of our nuclear power plant, all that stuff. They know that. That's the reason why Congressman Bob Stump wrote that letter. Because he knew how deep I stepped into it and endangered my family, Sarah. Then, then why the haven't they come after me? I'm I got a big old target on my head. I'm right in the news all the time. Let me ask you something, Sarah. Did you did you ever really think why I called you and, and, and got you under oath to testify whether or not you saw any plastic pipe bombs or anything else in that house like that? Yeah, because you knew I didn't see it, and because you needed someone to be a character witness for you, which is also why you asked me to ask every one of my friends ever to write you letters also. It's the same reason asked me to write a letter for Sarah, CPS when her baby was born to drugs. Like, because you need somebody well, to fucking back there. you up. While they were negotiating, Sarah, that smart-ass one that made fun of uh, uh, Jeffrey Williams, uh, the led defense counsel, and said, that's, that's what you get for taking on a nutcase over the hell they call me when they remove it. He said, in the meeting we had there with everybody else trying to negotiate this thing, and people are getting it out, well, plastic pipe bombs are found in the house. Somebody's got to go to prison. Yeah. That's what he when, said. When you make a bunch of pipe bombs, you go to prison. That's the way it works. Do you understand that you take no responsibility for anything ever? You don't. Dad, it's all your kids. It's not just me. Just because Mike and John and Rhett don't and James don't vocalize it like I do, I do. We all think the same thing. And again, I was the last one to come around. It took them telling me what they saw for me to come around. You all think the same thing. And what is that, sir? Dad, stop. You fucking know. I can't be tricked by your games because I'm not enveloped. I'm not around your finger like are. I'm not going to fucking give... I don't give a shit. You didn't raise me. Like, I had no parents. What loyalty do I have to you? Thank you for putting a roof over my head. Thank you for spoiling me and giving me material possessions. I really appreciate that. However, I can't. I fucking can't. Are you saying that you didn't have a dad? I didn't. No, you were a friend. Did I have a dad who made me go to school or do my homework? No. That's not apparent. You were a friend. And not a very good one when I look back on it. That's why I say I didn't realize I was such a daddy's girl. Dad, when I'm eight, am I supposed to say, hey, maybe I shouldn't have McDonald's for dinner every night? In what fucking world does that happen? No, I say, oh my God, you're the coolest. See, when you talk this way, you sound like, you know, that you're a victim here and all this other stuff. You've had a place to stay. you got a chance to finish high school. You chose not to. You gave your word to me, and you kept it. That if I let you quit high school, okay, that you would go on to get your degree. Now, did you do that? No fucking thanks to anyone but myself. I sure fucking did. There you go, honey. I'm, there's nothing wrong with being a self-made person, Sarah. Nothing wrong with it at all. Okay? That's. I'm just saying that I'm not going to be wrapped around your finger like your other kids, but all your other kids, even if they don't have the balls to say it to your face... They believed it before I did, Dad. James is on 2020 talking about it. You think aren't fucking tight-knit as shit? They are. And they believe the same fucking things. 
It's just too much of a daddy's boy to tell you. And I get it. I get why he loves you and wants to have you in his life. And I'm trying not to fault him for that. But don't take that as him not believing you did it, because he does. I'm not believing that you did it. No. That's if you weren't, if you really weren't at that birthday party, that would be the reason why. There's a reason that he's not I'm just inviting you back into his life. Sarah, because the fact that mother was going to be there and she doesn't want anything to do with you because she blames all of her life mistakes and errors on me. Dad, if it was just a divorce, you would be there. Everybody gets divorced. That wasn't the reason. You know that. And I'm too smart to believe your shit, and you should know that too. Son, and there's really not much we can do. This is breaking my heart even more than it is. No, it's not. Well, you don't love me. Don't act like you fucking I, do. Sir, I love you, but I don't know what you want me to do. You want me to get up there somehow and tell the world I did something as heinous as that that I didn't do, sir? I'm not going to do that. I didn't do anything like that to Alyssa. So why at the age of like 15 did Alyssa worry about me and her being separated because she was going to go to CPS? In what normal world does that come up if she wasn't being abused? What are you talking about? I'm talking about a dozen letters that I've read from her friends where she's crying her eyes out saying, home life is bad, I want to tell you, but my dad says that me and my little sister are going to be separated. That's not an idea that a kid just thinks of. That's an idea that's planted in somebody's head by somebody who wants her to shut the fuck up. Well, I, mean, I don't know what I can do for you. I mean, you've you just put yourself into a hell of a mess. And I, you know, you're trying to somehow... Uh, I didn't put myself in a hell of a mess. For sake, Sarah, don't you think... Nobody in the family, when we were all together, Sarah, wanted this talk anywhere near all of Alyssa see anything they were doing for one reason only, Sarah, because Alyssa never kept a secret on anything. She told the whole neighborhood what was going on. Yes, she did. And you're going to tell me that she went through all this stuff and at least didn't share it with her own sister? No, because I was her younger fucking sister and I was wrapped around your goddamn thumb. She knew I would have ran right to you and told you, and I definitely fucking would have. There's a reason you showed me the camera in the vent... Because you knew I wouldn't tell her because I was on your side. Okay, I mean, I would say if we polled 100 people, 99 would tell me that I'm right and you're wrong. About what, Sarah? About fucking everything, Dad. It's from two different perspectives that we have. No, it's not. Okay. Well, okay. So the thing is, like, if you want to advocate for Alyssa, you should do it. But don't sit there and say that you want to because you're not. So you pick one or the other. You know what I mean? Like, if you really want to advocate, like, you going on anything would get so much exposure for her case, it would be unreal. That could really be the key to getting somebody to come forward if they did see something. If if I am wrong, which I hope I fucking am. I really hope I am. I don't think I'm wrong, and most people don't think I'm wrong, but if I'm so wrong and you want to advocate and you want to find answers, then put your fucking face out there so that somebody comes forward. You doing an interview is going to get more fucking publicity than me doing a thousand interviews combined. Well, sir, when you play this tape back, I want you to listen to yourself. There are inconsistencies and all the other stuff. Okay? 
I mean, only I can tell you is the fact that I love you. But, Tony, you, you, you're beating on the wrong drum somewhere. I mean, you got it all wrong. No, so why won't you advocate for her? If you really want somebody to come forward and find out what happened to your kid, and you I don't care. Sarah. I spent 10 years in prison, they say, because of Melissa. Okay? Because I had bombs and I was going to blow up the you didn't you didn't serve one day because of Alyssa. Mm-mm. That was your shit. Well, you're wrong on that part. So don't say you want to advocate and then not do it. Just be honest. That's I'm all I'm doing. I'm going to do another interview, Sarah. You're going to play this on the podcast. You're going to try and do all kinds of other stuff, Sarah. But trust me, it is not. It's not going to do any good whatsoever other than the fact it's going to keep burying you to a point, Sarah. It's sooner or later, because right now you've even got a conflict in your own mind, Sarah, about whether I did something or not, because you never saw anything. You never I have no fucking conflict. Please know that I have no conflict, and you stating that is not going to create some conflict inside of me. I am not... I cannot be manipulated by you. I have a fucking force field around me. I've left you alone... Hoping you'll burn this thing out and work this thing out. No, you left me alone and isolated me from my fucking family, hoping that I would be so sad and desperate that I'd come back. Honey, you're not going to blame that on me. You've isolated yourself from the family. Because of you. Because of me. Sir, I love you. I gotta go, honey. I I just like you. I love you so much. I mean, it really does hurt. Yes, and I love you. Well, if you love Alyssa, please advocate for her like a normal parent with a missing child would do, because that would look a lot less suspicious. You're asking me to confess something I did. I didn't ask for. I I know you will never confess. I know you'll never confess. I'm just asking you to advocate. Then you tell your story. Then then tell your story. Because that's going to get more views for Alyssa, and that's the end game. So, what do you think? He sounds kind of convincing at times, doesn't he? Maybe you were expecting me to use this. Be there at the deathbed, sir, and I'll give you all the honest answers you want to hear. Or this. Hit the red button. Yeah! On the cookie! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, it's a pervert. Or maybe even that I would release his other offer to confess. I will release all of that in due time but I want to give this story a chance to unfold naturally and really give you a never-before-seen look into this case without dramatizing it like crazy. Again, this is about creating an open, honest dialogue about Alyssa and compiling stories by those who knew her. However, I will give you a sneak peek of what's coming up on this season of Voices for Justice. I think she probably took a brunt end of the abuse so that you would never have to experience it. Yeah. That was her ultimate goal, I feel like, was to make sure that you, she took it all from him so that you didn't have to. So what she suspects now at this point was that she maybe dropped one of his addicts in her drink. Her words were that he raped her. I mean, if we break that down and I'm not a teenager, your father took me to lunch to ask me if, would be, if I would help him hire a prostitute to hit on your boyfriend to get you guys to break up. 
What do you remember from the time after? Because that's like a time period that was really, really dark for me. Like, I don't think I've had a worse period in my life yeah. yet. So, like, you were there for that. Like, I, I, that was the darkest time I'd ever gone through was when yeah, my dad went to prison. Yeah, that was, well, I mean, and rightfully so. That was when you believed him 100% to be innocent. No, you, you were daddy's girl, which rightfully so. Anybody would be, you know? And yeah, then, yeah. And, I don't get offended by it. Yeah, so. I know. But uh, it was just, I don't know, you, you definitely got, it was very, like you said, it was a very dark time for you. Um, you know, there's a few scary moments that happened, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, you're like tearing up a little bit almost. I know. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was bad. Mike Turney killed your sister. Yeah. Without a doubt. And you know the fact that I that and I both didn't tell you about that had to this day to literally right now it's been over fifteen years. It's the so like, that's a really yeah like so it's just very interesting how he was able to convince us to both keep that a secret, dude. Is it, he's so believable? Mm-hmm. He's really smart. He's a really smart person. He's a master manipulator. I will say that. Voices for Justice is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Sarah Turney. If you want to learn more about Alyssa's story and how you can help with the case, visit justiceforalyssa.com. And if you love the show, it would really help if you gave me a rating and review in your podcast player. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you next time.